We're going to continue to work our way through the 52 verses every believer should, should know from O.S. Hawkins' book. And, it, and it's uh, no coincidence that we find ourselves at Second Chronicles today. This, was, this week was the National Day of Prayer. And so it's not a, no accident that we find ourselves where we are today in Second Chronicles. And as usual, I'm going to add a little context to what Hawkins has to say. And as usual, I'm going, we're going to do this in the format that we've been doing since the first of the year, which is trying to show you how to study your Bible. And so we're first going to ask the so what's. Can you say them with me yet? So what does this say about God? So what does this say about me? And so what do I need to do now that I know this about God and myself? We're going to look at its context, uh, greater context and, and, and immediate context. And then we're going to look at it phrase by phrase. And then we will look for the challenge and the comfort that we find in this scripture. So let's read these verses. They will be up here behind me. In fact, they already are. And, uh, and we'll work our way through this morning. Starting, uh, so Second Chronicles chapter 7, starting in verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple of sacrifice. If I shut the sky so there is no rain, or if I command the, the grasshopper to consume the land, or if I send pestilence on my people, and my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. My eyes will now be open and my ears attentive to prayer from this place. So think about the context here. First, I want to read you a, a, a little bit of Second Chronicles chapter 6 because it bears, it bears into the story here, it bears into the context here. Solomon is praying to God. As he's finishing the temple, he's praying, and he says, starting in verse 24 of chapter 6, if your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they've sinned against you and they return to you and praise your name and they pray and plead for mercy before you in this temple, may you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel. May you restore them to the land you gave them and their ancestors. When the skies are shut and there is no rain because they've sinned against you and they pray toward this place and praise your name and they turn from their sins because you are afflicting them. May you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants and your people Israel so that you may teach them the good way that they should walk in. May you send rain on your land that you give your people for an inheritance. When there is famine in the land and when there is pestilence, when there is blight or mildew or locust or grasshopper, when their enemies besiege them in the land and cities, when there is any plague or illness, every prayer or petition that any person or all, that all your people Israel may have, that they may know their affliction and suffering as they spread out their hands toward this temple, may you hear in heaven your dwelling place. May you forgive and, and give to everyone according to all their ways, since you know each heart, for you alone know the human heart. Now I read you those because... Second Chronicles 7, we often use to, to talk about healing America. But I have bad news for you. God is not American. He's not American. 
So, so these, this is actually, 2 Chronicles 7, 14 is actually an answer to prayer that Solomon prayed before he finished the temple. And so uh, Angie was talking a little bit before church in her sermon. <laughs> Sorry. Angie was talking about sometimes we lose patience in prayer. If you follow the timeline here from when Solomon asks this of God, finishes the temple, finishes his own house, and gets God's answer, it's about 13 years. 13 years between the ask and the answer. How many have you, of you have waited 13 years for, for an answer? So this, this, the context of this is important because the context here is the answer to Solomon's prayer that he prayed 13 years earlier. And he prays it about the temple. Solomon is building the temple. And, it's, and he wants the temple to be a place of healing and restoration. A place where the people can come and be restored when they turn back to God. And so he, he, he prays this prayer and God answers and says, yes, I will do it that way. I will do this. And you can see it's almost a word-for-word -word answer, isn't it? Uh, Solomon asks about drought. He asks about pestilence and locusts and grasshoppers. And he asks about uh, famine. And he asks about all these things. And God answers those things. He answers what Solomon asks. So let's, let's work our way through what this says about God. What, so what does this say about God? It says that our God desires to bless his people. He desires to bless you and prosper you. He desires that you live, you have a good life. But he requires holiness for that. He requires holiness. Purity. Notice that all of these promises that are given here about restoration and healing and, and, and revival, if you want to call it that, all of these promises are tied to if my people will. It, it is about us coming to him in repentance. And then he, he, he says he can't wait to bless you when you come to him in repentance. Now, there are some who think that, that this, uh, this applies to the United States. And as I said, the problem here is that it was a specific answer to a specific prayer for Israel and the temple. Now, there are those who say we replace Israel. The church replaces Israel. But that's not what Paul says in Romans 11. He says we're grafted in to Israel. So we don't replace Israel. So this is not an automatic direct uh, promise to the United States of America. God is not an American. What it is is a promise for God's people. A promise for God's people. And think about what it would do to our nation if the Christians, those who bear the name of Christ, were to repent and come, to, come back to God. Think about the fire that would start. Think about how that would change the United States of America. Think about how that would change the world if we came back to God. And that's what the promise is about. We can claim the promise that if we turn in repentance to God, he, we get the promises of this, this verse. He will heal us. He will restore us. He will revive us. 
He will forgive sin. And that's another thing that it says about our God. He forgives sin. Now, some people have a view of God that says that he punishes sin. That he's sort of this spiritual cop waiting to catch you at doing something wrong so he can, so he can uh, punish you for it. That's not what this verse says. What this verse says is if you turn your face to him, you, you are forgiven. Our God wants to forgive you. Our God wants to bless you. Our God wants you to prosper. But he requires repentance. He requires holiness. So what does it say about us? It says we need to repent. It says we are the people of God. We, and notice that, that it doesn't say here that, that all of society's ills are blamed upon the unchurched. It doesn't say that the problems in our society are the ungodly. It says we got to come back to God. It says, you know, First uh, Peter says, First Peter 4, I think it is. Is it on there? First Peter 4, I think, says, let judgment begin in the household of God. We have to get it right. Why would any of, of the rest of society turn to God if we don't? We got to get this right. What it says about us is, is God loves us enough to give us forgiveness. He loves us enough that, that he wants to bless us. It says that we are the people of God and we have the promises of this verse, but we must turn to him. And so what does it say? We, so what do we need to do now that we know this about God and about ourselves? We need to repent. We must repent. That's what this says. It talks about humbling yourself. Seeking the face of God, praying and seeking the face of God, and, and, and turning from our evil ways. Now, turning from our evil ways is literally the, the, the picture of repentance. Repentance is not about trying to stop sinning. Repentance is about turning from sin to God. And we have talked about this a, a, a little bit over the course of this study. We get focused on a sin and try and stop it or try and sin less often. We're focused the wrong way. We need to focus on the power we have over sin. We need to focus on Christ. That's what repentance looks like, is turning from sin to God. And that's what this verse calls us to do, repent. So let's look at this kind of phrase by phrase. And my people who bear my name. Again, notice that it doesn't talk about the rest of those in society. It, uh, we can't blame all of the ills of our society on the ungodly. This verse says we need to get it right. That judgment needs to begin in the household of God. We need to get this right. We need to be changed so that our society is changed. I said already, this is not really a promise that we can claim for the United States of America, but it is a promise we can claim for the Christians in the United States of America. And think of how it would change our country if we were to repent and turn to God. If we were to get on fire, if we were to be revived and restored and healed. 
Think of what it would do to our society. We can't expect the ungodly to change if we're unchanged. We must be changed. We are the people of God. Next one says, humble themselves. The next phrase, humble themselves. We are a proud, stiff-necked people, aren't we? We have a very, maybe it's just the American West. I've never really uh, uh, spent any time east of, of the Mississippi, but, or the Missouri, actually. But, but maybe, we're, we're, maybe it's just the American West, but we have this idea of self-sufficiency. We have this idea that, that we can do it. And so we take that into our spirituality. We take that into God and say, well, I'll get it this far, and then I'll call, God, call on God for it. That is not humbling yourself. Humbling yourself is, is recognizing, realizing that apart from Christ, we are hopeless and helpless. Uh, it's been said many times, humbling your, being humble isn't, isn't about thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's thinking of yourself less often. It's not, false humility puts yourself down. True humility shows in, in your prayer life. It shows in your Bible study. It shows that you understand, apart from Christ, you are hopeless and helpless. That's humility. And we must humble ourselves. And then it says, pray and seek my face. Now, and realize the context here. This is not a prayer that, you know, the, the old joke about being an organ recital, you know, praying for Sally's heart and, and Johnny's kidneys. And This is not bringing your prayer request. This is seeking the will of God. This is seeking God's will in prayer. And it's seeking his face. Now, I've said this before, but in the, uh, in the Middle East, the face is the most intimate part of the body. That's why uh, married women cover it so that only their husbands see it. It's the most intimate part. So when we seek the face of God, we are seeking intimacy with God. We want to be so intimately close to God that we feel his breath on our cheek. That's prayer and seeking his face. That is seeking God and his will for what comes next. Not making our own decisions and hoping he blesses them, but seeking his will and doing his will. And then, and turn from our evil ways. As I said before, this is the very picture of repentance. Turning from sin to God. We don't focus on sin. We don't focus on trying to stop sinning. We don't focus on trying to sin, trying to sin less often. We focus on Christ. He has set us free from sin. We focus on him and we have repented from the sin. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Do you hear the, the, uh, the promises here? Forgiveness, healing, re restoration, revival. Healing our land is about us healing ourselves. Healing our, our country is about us, those who call themselves Christians, healing ourselves restoring ourselves to God, repenting, turning from sin to God. 
So what's the comfort and the challenge of this, these verses? I think the comfort of this verse is God clearly desires to forgive us and heal us and restore us and revive us. That is his desire, that is his promise. Our God wants us to come to him in repentance. He is not, he is not the God looking to punish you for what you, what you have done. He is the God who is looking to forgive you and heal you and restore you when you come to him in repentance. And the challenge? Repent. Repentance. It's not easy, but it's required. It's what God says he, he desires. It's what we must do. We must turn to him. We must humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our evil ways in order to be healed and restored and revived. We must. That would change the world. It would change the world if we, as the people of God, were to turn to him in repentance. So I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. Will you turn to him in repentance today? Maybe you need to take a step of faith toward God today. Maybe you're realizing that you don't know who this God is. That you do see God as, as a punisher of sin. A spiritual cop waiting to catch you. You are forgiven and freed from sin in Christ. Forgiven and freed in Christ. And it's as simple as a prayer. You just simply follow along in your own words and say, God, I know that I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I'm going to trust that Jesus died on the cross to pay my price, to pay for my sin. And so I'm going to ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into me and restore me and heal me and revive me. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Let one of our deacons know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. Let somebody know. Maybe this morning you realize you know Christ, but you live your life, not the life he's given you. Will you take this time right here to repent, to turn from your ways to God's way? Father, we thank you for these verses. We thank you, Father, for the answer to Solomon's prayer and the answer to our prayer, that we would be healed and restored and revived and forgiven. Help us to see the areas of our life that we need to repent. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive. 
in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.